Heritage Media. Hi, just popping in quickly. This is part two of a two-part podcast chatting to George Butcher, the founder of Heritage Real Estate. He has got so many tales to tell. So please jump back and listen to the previous podcast because part two is we're just picking up where we left off. Enjoy. So I want to jump forward to you've got Heritage Real Estate. Very you know, it's a great real estate. It's it's going along. The switch to Wisebury. Talk to me about that. Uh, that was a Darren thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we in two thousand, Trish and I decided we were going to travel in the caravan. Uh, I probably wasn't the best of health, so we thought. And one of the things I promised Trish was that we'd travel in a caravan. So we got a caravan, we headed off, and things like that. So. Darren took over and Matthew came and did accounts. Matthew uh, did his own thing down in Sydney, but he came up and did Trisha's job. Um, We came back. Oh, while we're away, every five minutes I was ringing work. What have you done today? How many sales? What's going on? How many listings? What's going on? Yeah, all that, you know. (laughs) And I used to ring up in the end and they'd say, oh, they're not available. They're not here. And I'd say, don't bugger me, put them on. So I put a lot of pressure on them too mm. because I want to know... What was going on. Yeah. So came back and we worked there for a while again, you know, took over mm. and uh, we got an unbelievable offer from Sydney which was out of this world. Mm. And uh, I said... Gee, we've got to really consider this. This is from left field. Mm. One of the conditions was Darren stayed on. And I said, that's not going to happen. Darren is his own person. He can stay on. And uh, I said, I don't really want to sell it. And I said, we've done all the hard yards to do this, you know. We've won so many awards, which was a credit to us when you look at yeah, some of the real estates had been around for donkey's ages and we'd picked them up and gone past them and it was only hard work was doing it. It mm. was nothing. There was no magic thing to it. It was treating people like they should be treated and realising that we had their life in our hands. We dictated how their future was going to go. So mm. uh, came back with... And you know, Darren always worked on the same principles. So... He, he was very ethical and that was easy to work with. You know, I didn't have to pull him up and say, hey, you're doing something wrong. You know, we believed in the same thing. We all worked for the same goal. So it was fantastic. And um, when this offer came in, I said, I don't want to sell it. And Darren said, sell it to me. I said, Darren, you couldn't afford to buy it. Mm. He said, we can work something out, you know. <laughs> Ever the salesman? <laughs> uh, uh, we can work something out. I said, look, let's sit down and have a talk about it. But I said, it's just not going to happen. Mm. You know, I just can't see it happening. But when we sat down, uh, we decided I'd rather it go to Darren mm. than anyone else. So mm. Darren went 
we worked out a plan and everything and things like that, which worked out good. And, uh, yeah, along the way, uh, everyone kept relating to saying to Darren, oh, your parents' business, your parents' business, and he'd say, it's my business mm. now. So Darren decided he would go to Wisebury because he was doing a training thing with uh, Thomas, not Wisebury, it was on some other company. Anyway, they used to do training. And so Wisebury were going to start up, so Darren decided that, well, we'll take him on board and we'll go with Wisebury, you know, because mm. in between we'd been hit with all the top uh, agency-type things, you know, Rain and Horn, Hawkers, Ray Whites, all mm. them. And when I looked at it, they couldn't offer us any more than what we had established ourselves yeah. along the way. I said, why take on a franchise and pay them money for us doing the hard work and they get a sling off? No, we'll stick with heritage at this day. But th- going back, Darren said he wanted to do that line. So he finished up mm. jumping on board with heritage. And you managed to keep the heritage at the end of Wisebury. Yeah. And become Wisebury yeah. Heritage. Yeah. And the rest is history. Yep, sure is. And it's still going strong. Yep. <laughs> so when did you officially, I mean, I know you're still in, uh, involved in the but when did you really step back? How long ago was that? Probably 2003, four. Mm-hmm. That's when Darren... It became Darren's baby. Yeah. And, yeah, we've still got an interest in what goes on. Look, you know, I look at Darren sometimes and I think he's a bit stressed and, you know, I still truly miss me little boy. Because, of course. Yeah, you know, when, when we first started, it was no longer father and son when we started the business. Mm. It was mates. Mm. You know, if a job had to be done, it wasn't, hey, I'm the boss, you go and do it. Whoever was capable of doing that job at the time did it. Mm. And it didn't matter if it was Darren or if it was me. You know, I go back to one of the times we had um, a sail boy to go up down in Rocky Point. And Trish had to go down there to uh, do something. I said, can you put a sail boy up? Hey, she can put a sail boy up. So she said, yeah, right, I said... I gave the soul boy and she went down there with the drill and put it up and she came back and I, she said, I've done it. And I said, oh, yeah, whereabouts did you put it? She said, on the house. I said, you're what? It was a brand new house, you know, no one had lived there. I said, you are kidding me. No, that was the best place for me to put it, so I put it on. So I've jumped in my car, taken off at 100 mile an hour. I thought, the owner's going to kill me. I got down there and it wasn't on the house, it was on the sign, but... That was one of the practical jokes she played. Like, we were, even though we had a business, we always had fun. Yeah. You know, there was different things that we did. Darren used to come in and do somersaults if he made a sale or a listing and mm. ring a bell and things like this. And one day Trish made a sale and she's come in the back door. She attempted to do a somersault and did a back in. <laughs> so I think that's, that's one of the things that is... Um very prevalent is how much of a family business this is and family come first above anything else. So um, you're nurtured with regard to if you've got your own children, go and see the school play, come back and, you know, like family always comes first. And that culture has been bred from you and Trish through to Darren and Renee and now through the next generation that are coming up through the ranks and everyone feels that, and that is absolutely a, de- a direct result of, of how you and Trish have nurtured and fostered 
the staff and the people and the clients and it's a testament to both of you and Trish. But, you know, one of the things is we're very proud of our area. Mm. You know, uh, we think things that go on in our community, like we support a different communities, you know, like whether think activities that go on, like whether it's cricket, soccer, uh, preschools or schools or whatever. Mm. You know, we've always put ourselves out there to be part of it. And that's part of our community. And the more you put in, the more you get out of it, mm. you know. Uh, you know, putting your hand out for every dollar, and that, that upsets me at times, you know, how I watch what's in it for me all the time. Mm. And I look at it, how much is it in it if you gave something to somebody else and you got something back? Some of the best things I've, I've done in my time, I've sold a first home buyers, and they love you for it, you know. And they come around and they bring you bring you something. And it's not that you're after rewards, you know. Like people often used to say to me uh, when I sold them something, what can I get you? And I say, I don't want any. Oh, what do you drink? I don't want anything. Mm. And they'd say, what, do you, what would you really like? I'd say, lemon meringue pie. <laughs> and I think I got one week, I got three lemon meringue pies from... I think... <laughs> but I used to... You know, yeah. that to me was better than, you know, all the bottles of wine or a case of beer or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. So I want to ask you about a story or a funny story that you might have in all your years of real estate, of all the homes you've gone to. You must have some. I've got a few. Uh, one was uh, we were involved with EAC Multilist, which is a group of agents, and we used to share our listings and everything. Anyway, Darren and I listed this uh, old shack on an acreage out at Warnervale. Anyway, so when it came time to inspect, uh, all the people had turned up and Darren and I stood outside and let them go inside. Next thing, you know, about 30 agents come charging out of there 100 mile an hour. They're all flea-ridden with all these fellas scratching themselves, abusing us, and we stand there laughing our heads Did you off. know it had fleas in it? Yeah, because we got caught the time when we went in to list it. Just so, the two of you? Yeah, so we, so we thought, oh, we'll fix them. So, yeah, that was... And uh, what, fleas are literally jumping on them? Oh, they were jumping on them, jumping off them. That's how many... <laughs> And we got abused left, right and centre, you know. So, yeah, there's a lot of stories. There was another one. Uh, we went to this property and uh, Darren had listed it and the lady had told she wasn't going to be there. Make sure the gate's closed because uh, the dog will do a runner. Anyway, so we pulled up. We are in a bus, all hopped out, and Darren said to everyone, uh, make sure the gate's closed. Anyway, uh, there was a straggler, this girl. She was having a, a smoke outside. Uh, so when she decided to go and have a quick look inside the house, she left the gate open. So the dog's done a runner. Well, um, at that time, Camel only had a few houses in the new estate at Camel, and uh, it's done a runner. And when Darren found out, he said, I'm going to get killed. This lady's going to kill me. This lady's going to... So we bailed out of the bus and we... In those days, we didn't... When we started the business, we never had mobile phones. Mm. We only had two ways. 
So we had to get them to get a message back to the office to tell Trish that Darren and myself, who in those days, Darren was playing soccer, so he was very fit, and I didn't have the extra kilos, so I was pretty fit as well, but not as fit as him. And we chased them all around Campbell, up to the school, down the roads, and it was a never-ending thing. And there was only a certain amount of um, houses being built, so the builder would say, you look for the dog that's just headed down that way. So that that turned into a, a challenge. We finished up eventually after about an hour and a half catching it yeah. in Camel School. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that that was a, a good one. Another one that comes to mind, uh, it was probably not funny because this lady rang and said, I need evaluation on the house. She lived in Moss Avenue on the water. And I said, look, I'll have to pencil you in for you know, a couple of hours. She said, no, if you can't do it now, don't worry about it. I'll get somebody else. And I thought, I'm not going to let another agent get in here before me. So, look, I'll reschedule what I'm doing. I'll come and see you straight away. So I've gone in there and on the table, it was lunchtime, she's had two salads made up and we glad her up over it. Anyway, she said, oh, don't go into that room. I said, oh, fair enough. Uh, so I had a look through the house and I said, came back to her and I said, oh, where's your husband? She said, he's in that room dead. And I said, and you want me to give you a valuation on your house? She said, I want one straight away. And I thought, whoa. What? So you obviously didn't go in that room. No, no, but she was waiting for him to be picked up. No. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's a real shocker. But Wow. um, Yeah, but... uh, Another one, when I was working for another agent, we, um, just down the road from where the office was, uh, this other agent had an inspection. He said, look, the old bloke's there, but he's going back to Sydney, but he's deaf. So, you know, if he's in the backyard, he's not going to answer you. Just, you know, knock on the door and just go in. So I've gone in with these people mm. and the bedroom door's closed. And I thought, oh, so I knocked on the door. No answer, no answer. And I said to the people, can you just wait out here for a minute? And I've gone in, because I didn't want him to wake up and be mm. startled. So I've gone in there, Mr. Sainso, Mr. Sainso, Mr. Sainso, and I've gone, pushed him. What had happened, the agent before me had put blankets and made it up as a person in bed. So here I am thinking he's he's done a... Uh, He's decided to kick the bucket and I've been you left. You found him. Yeah, but, yeah, but, you know. The, the good old days. Yeah, we you, had a lot of fun, but there was also time to work. A lot of work. Know. And you would have seen a lot of sub, like, because I even know growing up on the coast, there's suburbs now that just didn't exist when yeah. I, you know, when I grew up in the area. So I imagine being here in the 50s. There's. Um, I wasn't here in the fifties. <laughs> no, but yeah, sorry, yeah. the seventies. Sorry, growing up, coming here in the seventies again. Yeah. There's, you know, Camel was a new development. Yeah, but we um, across the road from our north office, that was finished up being built into units. That was that was a, a chook farm, mm. and where our south office is, where our office is, that was a car yard, and at the back. Part of it was um, uh, a mechanic, John Dale, yeah. who was a well-known uh, identity in the area. So, so this is on Wallowa Road in Gorrigan? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, 
uh, the Lease Club had just been built and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, we saw that growing up. But even then that didn't look – I mean, I, I my first job was um, when KFC just opened up in Lakehaven. We're right. talking like early 90s. But Lakehaven was being built because if yeah. you wanted to go somewhere, you had to go to the entrance. Yeah. Well, from the Lees Club through to – they said they were building a shopping centre down at Lakehaven and we said, how stupid would you build? It's all bush. You know, from the Lees Club down – was all bush mm. so we said that would be the silliest thing in fact past the lease club to where the shop was being built that, that was a dirt road mm. and we lived on dudley street so uh oh actually we moved from dudley street to elisa close but not elisa close uh yolandi road so uh you, to get there you used to have to go via dudley street mm. and uh whoever thought that would Eventually, because that vacant land was the biggest place. If you wanted to find a car dumped, they used to get. I remember that. Yeah, I actually had a car stolen when I was yeah. on my P's, and it was found in that area. Yeah, so, so you know, anyway, um, uh, the first lot of people that did a development in, oh well, you know, it was still Gorick and then mm. was Jennings. They did some places there and. The market started to do a bit of a turn and one of our friends, uh, one of Trisha's friends actually bought a block of land to get a house put on it Mm. and Jennings wouldn't build on it. They kept putting it off because the market all of a sudden had gone up. Yeah, right. So they got so frustrated, they said, Trish, we're going to bail out of it. And I said, tell them not to bail out. Jennings want them to bail out so they got the land at a cheap price to mm. so they held on to it I became very good friends with Yurembra State and uh, they did development in um, Lake Haven the first one big one mm. and uh, Bruce Johnson who was Yurembra State him and his dad he said to me uh, buy a block of land off me I said Bruce because he asked me to go and value mm. what I thought it was worth. And I told him, he said, oh, I'm thinking double that. I said, Bruce, we're in Central Coast, not in Sydney. He said, I'm going to get this price for it. He said, this is what I'm doing, building bigger blocks, underpowered. I said, we're not ready for it. He said, that's what I'm doing. Anyway, the boys were working at uh, Kmart at the time. And I said, Trish... For them to get home from school, even though we didn't live far away, to get back to work was becoming an impossibility for them. So I rang Bruce up and I said to him, send me out a plan and prices of the properties, the land. And he said, I can't do. And I said, why not? He said, too dear for you. And I said, oh, bugger off, will you just send them through to me? Mm. Anyway, I got back to him and... We picked out the block we wanted, which was unusual because it was a funny-shaped block, but I thought that suited mm. than going up on the top of the hill, which picked up distant views and stuff like that. But I thought this had a bit of character to us, so yeah. we bought that. And then uh, before we built on it, we got offered double our money. Our first house that we bought in Dudley Street was 17000 How'd you like to buy them now? Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> So what do you do now in your free time? 
be a pain in the neck to Trish. <laughs> you do a lot of travelling your caravan? We have done a bit of travelling, but since this COVID has come in, uh, we bought and sold, bought and sold caravans. We're, we're hoping to get away this month, but that mm. fall fell on the heap. There's mm. a few issues come up. Mm. So we're striving to try and get away on the 1st of June. Nice. But the question mark is, there's a couple of health issues in between, so yeah. we've got to get over them. But yeah. they're only, you know, yeah. they're only stumbling block. Yeah. George, thanks for coming in today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Oh, I don't know whether it will be. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for our podcast with George Butcher. I hope you enjoyed listening to him and his tales. As usual, this podcast was produced by Kieran Christie, hosted by me, Carly Eldridge, brought to you by Heritage Media. And if you do like what we're doing, please jump in, subscribe and rate and review us. It drops every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcast. Bye for now.